Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, my co-host, partner in crime, Chris Marler. Chris, my shirt, buddy. I look great right now. I don't care how it sounds. I'm going to gas myself up until I'm sad again, because that'll happen for sure. I'm, I'm very excited about what's going on. I took a picture on Friday, and it was like the skinniest I've looked in years. But thanks, yeah, it's a great shirt. It's cool. That uh, is that a breaking tea? It is. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're a lot like I don't know if we have a working relationship with them. Um, I hope we do because I love I love Jamie. No free uh, ads. Yeah, and I also got into an argument with one of their employees after the national championship. So, still say it's not my fault. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm great. You know, nice little weekend with the family. Okay, what's that? Uh, just a lot of uh, baby showers. Oh, God. There was a wedding shower. Basically, I was stuck babysitting the kids all weekend. I don't want to hear any of this anymore. Yeah. yeah. I wish I didn't ask. Yeah. Not because it's not interesting. It's because it's not interesting and you brought up a wedding shower. So, um, oh, ooh, I added a new thing to my uh, – I didn't add it personally. But um, a new thing in my dropdown on Google was added – uh divorce chris muller divorce is now searchable which um <laughs> happy to say that i haven't been divorced yet yeah it's a lie not everything yeah. you read on the internet is true 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 except for my height on uh dating apps and um my weight that i i'll tell you this real quick i, I told you i've been doing that like workout transformation thing this online coach it's it's incredible he's done really well it worked for me last year um and i feel like i've, I've done really well but i've also been just like let you on a secret. I've been lying about my weight to him. Um, Ooh. So yeah, been, it seems like you're having better results. Not better results, but just like, okay. So it's like a month and a half in. I said, I've lost seven pounds. I am confident that I have lost seven pounds. Okay. Now I'm ballparking it. I don't know, but also I, I, it's only been, could be eight, even, could be eight, could be three. Who knows? A lot of muscle mass, maybe. Um, probably not that, but there was like, it's only been like actually five weeks. Today was six and I tapered it off and I said, I didn't gain or lose any pounds this week, but I was, I've just been lying about my weight. It's such like a, just a really torrid pace there. I don't know if I can keep up with it. Like I, so uh, on that note, how, how much can you lie on a dating app before it's noticeable when you finally meet up with the person? Like you could say mm-hmm. like, how tall are you? Six one. Yeah. Is that a lie? No, it's I'm six one. <laughs> Okay. I so used to tell you, my ex ex Ashley that I was five eleven and three quarters just to make her upset. So could you could you get away with six two and a half and then meet Absolutely up in person and, and, and be like they're like, no, it's a total lie? Like what could you get away with on a lie basis on the app before it's obvious in person that you lied? If I'm gonna lie about anything, it's gonna be my credit score. It's not gonna be anything about my height. My height's fine. Do people drop their credit score on dating apps? I don't know, but I mean it just <laughs> you I did like <laughs> just so you guys know this is where i'm at right now still room for improvement six one two hundred seven ninety credit score and not even close <laughs> um but no like i was like i figured out well, who i was telling this uh what was it like i i signed up for hinge because apparently mm. like on, on tinder and bumble now i don't know if you guys know this we're gonna get into it though you have to pay for to see who likes you which is kind of fucked Isn't up that- isn't that the point? Okay, remember back in the day though, you didn't have to do that. 
I've never been on. I I, I started oh, yeah. dating my wife before the, the apps were cool. So cool. I don't. So you guys just got engaged, and then just this UNC Syracuse game is incredible. You guys just got engaged and got married. I've I've heard I've heard stories of that, but it's not. Uh, I haven't experienced that per se. Well, we um, dated for four years, but the, cool. Happy for you. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, no, so you have to like, now like on Bumble, you have to like pay it's like, and it's not, it's not like necessarily cheap. I think Bumble's like, there's one thing you get for like eight bucks, but like Tinder's like 20, $25 a month just to see who likes you. And I paid that $25 Tyler and it was offensive at the people who had liked me. I'm just going to say it. I was, I don't know. Uh, so arrogant. So, ahead of my skis. so if you swipe right and the other person swipes right, even if you don't pay, you'll know because that's the point of the app. But if you pay... You can see you swipe right on you, even if you don't swipe right on them. Is that what I'm getting? Wait, what do you that... mean? Like, isn't the point of the app that like, if someone swipes right on you and you swipe right on them, that you would match and then meet? And it doesn't even show you anymore. That's like, it's a match. Or maybe I just didn't have any. I don't know. At the same time. <laughs> um, but like, so I, I got on Hinge because I heard that was like the better one. And I didn't know that I had done this, but I had apparently attached my Instagram to uh to the profile the, yeah and like you know how I'm, i've been an open book about this whole thing and so like uh. one of the last posts was like me like on new year's eve being like hey guys just want to say thanks for helping me not kill myself this year it's great like or like whatever it was right yeah. not so not exactly it, the opening thing you want to be it wasn't no and it got brought up uh multiple times i was like why are all these girls they're, they're really like why are you searching all this at 7 30 a.m um <laughs> But it was my fault, apparently, which is a, you know, kind of a, a consistent theme. Anyway, um, I, I don't know how much you can get away with like lying on there. I don't know. I don't know how much I would want to. Well, it we're, we're kind of in a weird time right now because we're about to get into a great time with college basketball. And we'll talk mm -hmm. about that here in a minute. But otherwise, you've got MLB that's in a lockout. Sorry you've got, that. I mean, obviously, college football, we're about to start up spring practice some people have already started up spring practice i think just um, in the sec yeah and then the nba it's like okay does anybody really care it's just a sad time i'm sadder than marla right now when it comes to sports are you really i think so well see okay i think that's because like for baseball season for me opening day is a blast oh it's incredible it's the best it, like after that, like maybe in the summer going to games and stuff like that, like when it's like at night game and I'm not going to sweat my tits off the whole time. And then like the pennant race, I, I can't be all in for like 162 games. So I'm gambling on it, which I intend not to do. What, but see for me, what I love about baseball, cause you're right. You're not going to just intently watch every single game, 162 no. games, but it's nice. The games I was involved in when it's a, Wednesday night and you're just hanging out at home and you, you're just like, man, I'm scrolling through the same 15 Netflix shows that I don't really want to watch. It's like, it's nice to just, even if it's just white noise in the background, just to have in my case, white. the Braves on. Okay. Whatever, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, it, just in the background and, you know, you can glance up every once in a while. Maybe you haven't missed anything. Maybe you have, but it's just nice. You know, that's right now yeah, that's I'm forced good. to throw on like you, you know, like Syracuse. Yeah, supposed to mean. Syracuse and UNC. It's like, do you really yeah, care? Not at all. No, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I would have in like 2002. I don't right now. That would be yeah. a sick matchup. Yeah, probably so. 
I think um, Johnny Flynn, bro. Come on. I don't know who that is, but <laughs> what? So what? The only the only time I ever was like following Syracuse basketball was when Big Daddy came out, which was like 1998 in seventh and eighth grade or something like that. And they started out like 21 and 0, and I was like, I'm getting a I'm getting a Syracuse shirt from East Bay, bro. Big, Jerry big McNamara, fan. probably one of them. Um, <laughs> Anyway, okay, but so we were going to talk about this anyway, the baseball thing with, with Manfred. Is there a so worse what? commissioner in sports? No, there's not. I, I, so I was going to ask you, like, serious question. Who's worse, him or Kevin Warren? Putin? Putin is really bad. He is, I'm going to say it, not a great person. <laughs> he seems like a dick, honestly. He does, yeah. I don't, you know, he's got that whole, like, Steve Harvey confidence where he'll, like, take pictures with his shirt off, but he shouldn't. Right. Also, or like clear, threaten I'm, people with nukes. That's mm-hmm. another thing, and I and I know Steve Harvey hasn't done that. So, and I probably shouldn't have compared them at all uh, in, in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just we would take that sound clip out, Dan. Ways to get canceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's uh, he's the worst. He is the absolute worst. Um, no. So the the commissioner who? The commissioner Kevin Warren. Real, hold on, real quick. Okay, I got you. I posted this today. This is the only thing I'm going to say about the Ukraine thing because I'm not, I don't know. I haven't watched news since the breakup and it's been one of the healthiest things I've done. Uh, I'll tell you, be Ukraine's in, in a war with Russia. Well, I know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. But like, like it used to be, used to just be on the house, like on the house, like all the time. So it's, I'm not really watching as much anymore, but, or at all anymore. Um, I did see today, and I know this is not the point. I know this is not the point, but I try to find humor in like everything. And there was something from one of my favorite Instagram handles. You guys should all follow it. It's called Tanks Good News. Um, it's the guy who does Tank Sinatra. And it's just, it's just like, a, you know, just a feed of nonstop good news and like feel good stories and, and like puppies and shit like that. And it was, what was it? It was like something about how like this woman, this teacher is still teaching her kindergarten class in like a bunker. Um, even though yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm going to say it. You should. If we were at war and we still ha- didn't have class canceled, I'd be pretty fucking pissed. Right. So I that's all. That's my take. Don't be afraid yeah. to cancel class, guys. All right. And that's going to conclude our Ukraine talk. Uh, we'll, we'll get in and out of there as fast as uh, our brows was at Grambling State. That's not. That was a weird hire. <laughs> and you say was because he's already left. <laughs> he resigned. This is, yeah, another hot take. Art Bryles, checkered past. By the way, <laughs> elite news drop by Grambling State. They dropped that news about an hour after Russia invaded Ukraine. They just threw it out there. I don't think that there. was planned. I don't think that I was think planned I think now's a good time to drop <laughs> I don't, That seems, I don't know. Um, if it was, good for you, Grambling. Like, I don't think they were waiting for like, Okay, listen, we we have to wait for World War III. Just absolutely have to. Um, no, my favorite thing about that was that he, quote unquote, resigned. Yeah. And they made, like, a lot of times when people do that, like, they're trying to save face. And he was like, I feel like I'm going to be a distraction. I'm like, yeah, no shit, Art. No shit. <laughs> there's, there's not been a less believable resignation than maybe Nixon about... Like than Art Bryles was today from Grambling. Hugh Jackson, get it done. Yeah, love it. Uh, so where were we? The MLB lockout, I think, is where we were yeah, trying yeah. to go. 
We've covered a lot of things so far. So, yeah, the commissioner, obviously, I think he's worse than Kevin Warren at this point. Um, Kevin Warren's pretty bad. They both mm-hmm. are trying to keep us from our sports. But Manfred, I mean, could the guy be more tone deaf? I mean, honestly. What's the latest with it? Because I haven't... Um... So they're meeting. So we're recording this. Uh, it is Monday, February 28th. It's 9 o'clock at night. Apparently, they're going back for like a sixth round today because today was supposedly the deadline when they're supposed to get something done before they actually start canceling regular season games. Um, the latest on Twitter is that there actually may be some sort of movement um, to where they may push the deadline back one more day because they could be getting close to agreeing on something. But I'm just so sick of this. I mean, Manfred came out and basically said that it's like not a winning investment to own a baseball team. And then like, and then like, like you don't, if you own a baseball team, it's, you're not exactly like entitled or guaranteed to make a ton of money off of it. And and then the, like the next day the Braves came out since they're owned by a public company. So publicly traded company. So it has to be reported. And they made like so much so much damn money just in the Q4, which was basically one month of baseball. Well, it's also um, a pretty big month for them. Might for them, be our yes. best example. Yeah. But, I, but that was just one month and it was like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, right. So yeah, nobody really wants to hear him say that kind of shit. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So I'm sad because the Braves obviously won the World Series. I want to see them defend and I feel like you know, I got a couple of buddies that are actually attorneys in uh, that do like arbitration stuff for baseball that think at least as of a couple, like two weeks ago, that shit wouldn't get popping off for the MLB till June. It wouldn't get popping off. <laughs> what a, Which, as what a you sense. know, <laughs> shit wouldn't get popping off, y'all. Um, until when? Until June. Now, I think there's probably a, a more rosy timeline now, but as of a couple weeks ago, that's what, that's what he was saying. Okay. Um, all I know is when, whenever the news comes June, down why that we're out of a lockout, I don't know. I don't know. That sucks. But all I know is when we do come out of the lockout, it is going to be a frenzy of free agent activity. It's going to be pretty awesome. Why? Because they're not allowed to do any trading or negotiating while there's a lockout. Oh but, my gosh, I hate But you I know that agents and teams are talking behind the scenes. Yeah. It's like when there's like a, the no tampering yeah. in the NBA and then like all of a sudden, right when it hits midnight, every single free agent signs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like the NIL deal last year when it was like, okay, no one can do anything until this date. And then it's like, it's <laughs> at midnight. Bo Nix was like, I love tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that worked out well for him there at Auburn. Um, so anyways... Until then, we've got college baseball, which has been fun. I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about Tommy Tanks. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. And then, we, and then we're going to talk about football as well, just so everyone knows. So for those that haven't been watching, um, which you know, I don't know that many of our listeners tune into NC State baseball, uh, but they are a top 10 ranked team. Uh, there's a kid named Tommy White. They call him Tommy they, Tanks. They went to the, the World Series last year, right? And then they, they were they kicked out because of like, COVID. That's right, yeah which makes a ton of sense. Um, he's a true freshman. He played at IMG. And he has nine home runs in the first eight games of the season. That is so many. <laughs> that is so many home runs. He has 29 RBIs in the first eight games. Um, his OPS is 2.062, which is very see, difficult okay, to do. I don't, OPS was not a thing when I, when I played. 
is on base percentage. Yeah. And it, it includes power and it's, it's a mixture of things. Right. Um, and you would think, oh, like in the, in the, the age of, of baseball now, it's a lot of home runs, but a lot of strikeouts. He struck out three times. Nine That's home it. runs. He has hit more home runs than 260 of the 301 Division, college, uh, Division one college baseball teams. And nine home runs in his first eight career games. No one in MLB history has done that. Now, well, it's not the MLB. MLB. Yeah, what? yeah, but it's just incredible. Tommy Tanks. He's got guys like Bill Simmons, who I don't think you'd ever think Bill Simmons would tweet about college baseball, tweeting about him. So Tommy Tanks, yeah. you got to look out for him in the NCAA baseball. Um, see what he does. He hit five yeah, home runs in his senior year at IMG. He hit five, five total? Yeah. Pitching around him, bro. Um, okay. Well, I know that, like, let's see here. I'm bringing up, like, the uh, – I'm not going to do the standings, but – I mean, like we're we're covering this, and I have, but I haven't really been paying attention to it. Um, if I'm being honest, I know okay. I'm sure Bama got swept because they were playing Texas. Uh, I've been keeping up way more with uh, with basketball, which has been entertaining as shit. Hold it's on. been a good season for the for the SEC. Yeah, it has. Um, okay, Texas remains number one after the. Okay, they did sweep Bama. Got that. <laughs> Ole Miss at six, Vandy at seven, Elish. I tell you what's crazy to me is that Mississippi State has dropped for the second straight week and they are 11th. Um, but there's like, so there's four SEC teams in the top 10, eight total in the top 25, and the, all eight are in the top 20. Oh, here's a stat for you. I'm, I don't know the exact number, but we talked about this this morning in, the, in our conference call. Tennessee, who like plays in like a band box of a, a stadium, but is still a fantastic offensive team. They're outscoring opponents like 117 to 7. Yo. Yeah. And that's not women's basketball. I'm talking about baseball. This uh, for the whole season. They got a kid that's throwing like 103. I saw that. I saw that kid. He had 104 on the gun. That is uh, like, I mean, 104. I guarantee you my car will not go 104 miles an hour. <laughs> I, I mean, the AC is not going to work for sure. I, there's Chris, anyway. you got to change the oil every once in a while. I need an oil change badly, but I'm afraid if I take it in, they're going to be like, Hey, there's a big, huge dent in the, in the front bumper. I'm like, yeah, no, I crashed, but I just need, just need the oil change guys. Also, uh, I don't know if you were aware, but you're supposed to have brakes in the car. I, I properly. <laughs> um, no. So like, like back to baseball thing real quick. I mean, I think it's early in the season, obviously. Right. And I'm not going to project like late in the year. But the fact that you still have eight teams in the top 20 and you have teams like Florida who they had like, I forgot the kid's name. It's like Jeb or Jed something who. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, like it was like, I think going to be a top five pick in the draft last year, but ended up not, not having that great of a season. So he had to come back. But the fact that you have Mississippi State down at 11, that's like, it, that's not a bad ranking. That's horribly low compared to where they usually are. Horribly low. So I think once well, these teams get going, yeah. Well, so they probably shouldn't be 11, to be honest. No, they played Grambling this week. Did they win? They, they play them tomorrow. No. Um, anyway, I think like once some of those teams get going, uh, it obviously should, I don't know, it'll be even better for the SEC because they just dominate usually the top 10. Vandy is uh, always, always really good. The only team that really went up in the top what do you call it? Um, LSU went up, and then Ole Miss. That's it from the top ten. So, I really want to go to an LSU baseball game. We can go. 
anytime you want to go, we can go. We've been invited every, like from Mickey Sheremy all the time and Chris Gordy. I've heard they're quite fun. Yeah. It's fair. It is fair. Um, all right. From baseball, should we just talk football or should we skip to basketball real quick? Let's probably talk football. All right. So it would a seamless a, transition though about basketball because of the rankings thing and how, how crazy last it. weekend was. I'll overthink it. <laughs> Should we just sit here in silence until we decide? <laughs> uh, fan vote, even though this doesn't come out until tomorrow. Um, well, let's, let's touch on basketball, then we'll, we'll end on everything football. Okay. Basketball. So crazy ass weekend. Unprecedented. I mean, first off, Florida State, incredible game. You can oh, tell the listeners what happened. That shot? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this has been a bad year for the team. Um, a lot of injuries, so they're not even going to make the tournament. But, Pieces, but yes. uh, they played at UVA this past weekend, and they they gave up a, a basket with, like, exactly one second left um, to go down like by – four. But then they reset it to one, okay. I think. Um, to go down by two – um, so basically, and they were having to throw the pass in from the baseline all the way down and essentially kind of ran, you can run the baseline, run, ran the baseline, kind of pump fake. So the guy jumped up, waited till he landed baseball pass all the way down. And the guy just basically in one motion caught it and should have shot a three and switched it right. to be UVA by one. That was fantastic. Yeah. But outside of that, Matthew Cleveland, had... by the way, local Atlanta product. Nice. Get the shot. Um, Outside of that, you had the top six, all top six teams in the country lost. All top six. That's never happened before, which is insane. What pisses me off about this, and, I, and I'm going to, like, you guys know I haven't exactly been, like, I don't know, been the most um, adamant about staying on top of, of college basketball the entire season. Um, and despite, like, you know, leading my team one time in uh, church league basketball when we were, like, 12 I don't know that much about basketball. What I will say is Auburn is continuously getting screwed by the rankings. Just continuously. It's atrocious. What makes you say that? Okay, so you look at this weekend, right? Um, like I said, all six teams lost. Auburn, who was, I think, second, they dropped, or they were third. They dropped to five, right? Which is not bad. But the fact that Arizona, I mean, again, all six teams lost. Like, but the the fact that Arizona and Gonzaga didn't move at all blows my mind. Mainly because of the fact that like both of those teams got blown out. Like Gonzaga lost by ten in their I don't know eleventh game this season against St. Mary's. I, if you told me they played every single game against St. Mary's, I'd believe you. Um, but it was like they they lost by ten. They were down by I think at one point like sixteen, and then Arizona gets blown out on the road at Colorado. They don't move. And Arizona is also a team that lost at Tennessee. So it's not like the loss at Tennessee, who's ranked, is a bad loss for Auburn. They, they continue to get screwed. Every, like, I know that a lot of Auburn fans, they bring up the whole, like, you know, we're blue blood and it's a whole joke, like running joke on Twitter. But the fact that, like, they aren't a blue blood, it's very clear to me that whoever's voting in the AP Top 25 for men's basketball are defaulting every single week and every time they, they get a chance to the blue bloods in the rankings. I mean, I mean, that makes absolutely no sense that those teams wouldn't drop and they lost on the road to Tennessee. The first time in the history of the AP poll that the top six teams all lost on, on a Saturday. That's crazy. It's never happened before. 
Um, on top of that, number nine, Texas Tech also lost. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it was the first, well, really, not, I said it was the first um, Saturday. It was the first time ever, not just on a Saturday, but it's the first time ever since the AP poll began in the 1948-49 season that all of the top six AP teams have lost. Oh, so it has Insane. happened before. Okay. No, first time ever. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. I was right. <laughs> Trust your instincts, Chris, always. Um, no, I, anyway, I just thought that was kind of crazy. It, the, the SEC, another thing too here, Arkansas continues to stay hot. They have a big win at home against Kentucky, which is a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.D. Noze was incredible. That was a lot of fun to watch. But the fact points. that, uh, yeah, he had 30. At, at one point, I thought he was going to go for 40 because I was like, he, he, like, he just put in, like, he had 28 or something like that with, like, I don't know, 12 minutes left. Um, but, no, I, I think that, like, Arkansas, I think going into the game, they were ranked 18th, and they were projected as a six seed. If we're just doing basic math, and there are four different, like, brackets, right, four different regions in a 64, I know 68, but basically a 64-team tournament. 18th would fall as a number four seed or a number five seed. It would not fall as a number six seed. That makes no fucking sense. And I hate everything that I'm having to learn about basketball. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I give it, I've given up on all the, the quad one, quad two, quad yeah. three net rankings. I don't get anything about college basketball anymore at this point. Good. So if we have to report on it in March, which we will, that's we're a very trustworthy source. I'll be studying. Hey, we're college football on censor for a reason. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> Let's get into some football talk. Yes. All right. So something that is happening this week, I, I'm sure there are a lot of schools around the country that are starting uh, spring practice this week, but mm-hmm. tomorrow, March 1st, starts the NFL Combine. Love it. It's my favorite. So I ask you, what is your favorite NFL combine story of all time? Um, I mean, we had the same one. <laughs> it's SEC related. It's SEC related and it's penis related. And you had no <laughs> after last week, we're a big penis pod. <laughs> not in size, but we're just saying, you know. Well, that's too. Obviously. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. But um, anyway. No problem. Uh, when Chris, no problem. <laughs> when Chris Jones from Mississippi State at his combine, and I remember watching this live, and I was like, did his dick just pop out? <laughs> he tripped after crossing the finish line at the 40, at, in the 40-yard dash. He tripped, and his, like, briefs, or whatever you want to call it, got caught in the AstroTurf and yanked down, and his, his dick pops out on, 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 like, not national television, but not not national television. I, anyway, <laughs> that would have been mine. I, <laughs> Like, and I know we had the same one, which is weird for both of us, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah well, before we recorded it, I was like, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same one for this. We, <laughs> we, we've got the little notes that we, we try to have for the, you know, the layout of the podcast. Yeah. And one of the things said, you know, favorite NFL combine moment. And before we even recorded, I was like, I know we have the same one. He's like, was it Chris Jones in the dick? And I was like, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it was incredible. Uh Anyway, but I mean, also, you want to though, yeah, also another great one, Deion Sanders. Um, so this is going back pre TV combine. Um, yeah. But tons of good stories coming out for him. Um, he was set up to do an interview with the New York Giants, who were picking 10th that year. And he essentially basically showed up and said, uh, This is a complete waste of time. I'm not following y'all. So I'm not going to do the interview. 
which is okay. just yeah awesome. that was the best part though what was the best part the best part is when he lined up to run the 40 and i think did he run up did he run a 4-2 i think he ran a 4-2 or it was like a 4-1-9 like because bo jackson i can't remember who had the like the i don't think so, I, mean, I don't think it's an official time but there was either bo jackson ran either a 4-1-2 or a 4-1-9 as it was reported but this is also in the time of like you know hand timing so he um, so he showed up he ran a four three and everyone was like okay well he'll he that'll probably be it yeah he gets up and runs another one runs a four two seven official some people clocked on a four two five and as soon as he finished he continued to ran wave to everybody and goes right <laughs> through the tunnel and no one ever saw him again <laughs> well they did they definitely saw him again um but no he he ran outside of the entire place like of the entire like like field or, or Reno, not arena, but you know what I mean? Like stadium. Yeah. And then just got in a limo and left. Like that's the most boss ass move ever. He didn't even stretch. He said, that's his quote dumb. was, I've never seen a cheetah stretch before he go, he went to, goes and uh, gets his prey. Well, yeah, because they he don't didn't have even thumbs. <laughs> they can't grab their, their, their legs. That's simple. He needs to learn more about anatomy from animals in the jungle. I'll say that. Yeah. Stop stealing recruits too. Oh God, here we go. Anyways. Um, also another Deion Sanders moment was, and everyone's seen this by now, but is when some white safety from, from Penn state lined up to run and he ran a four, three, five. And he, he goes, Oh, this boy can like run, run. And he was like, like, what does that mean? He's like, why, why didn't you think he could? And he's like, you know why I can't say it on TV, but you know why. And it was like, <laughs> it's like, he's, cause he's white. Um, that was another great moment. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I got so a hot take on the combine real quick. Okay, go ahead. I don't think the 40-yard dash means shit. I think you're definitely wrong. Not as much as it used to, but like... Let me, let me run through the fastest times at the 40. I'll just go through the names. I won't, I won't even go through the times. Okay. No, go through the times. Okay, fine. Well, they're all very similar. They're all under 4-3. John Ross, 4-2-2. Four, two, two, four. That's the fastest. Okay. Okay, so... I'd, I'd say Chris Johnson stands out here, but let me go through the list of everyone under a 4-3. You tell me which one of these guys had a notable career. John Ross, Chris That's Johnson, point. Oh my God. Dre, Dre Archer, Jerome Mathis, Henry Ruggs, Marquise Goodwin, Stanford Route, Tyrone Calico, Jalen Myra, J.J. Nelson, Jacoby Ford, Fabian Washington, Javelin Goudry. That's not a real person. Zedrick Woods. These aren't real people. They're off. They're all Zedrick Woods play for Ole Miss. Stanford route is like a goal line play in NCAA 14 for one. A guy named Javelin. They named him Javelin. Javelin Gidry from Utah. That is absurd. Okay. Of course he's from Utah. So none of those guys we've ever heard of really. Okay. That's not true at all. And also it's not, that's not the point of like, like what happens at the combine and why it matters. It's because the prospects beforehand like where were they ranked beforehand? If you don't think the forty matters, I, I'm no, gonna, it probably I'm matters for out. their pockets. But I'm talking about in the, the long these, run. Yeah, these guys were all probably drafted on their speed. None of them made a difference. Okay, except for Chris good. Johnson. I, sure, I think that like yeah, that's not the point though. Like the whole point of the combine is like you know they call it like the underwear Olympics is to like make as much money by doing just like you know field day as possible. Well, I'm what okay, so let me let me let me backtrack. What if they made him do a real field day though? <laughs> that'd be sick. Would they get the like, big parachute? You know? Well, again, like a sack race, like a potato sack race, that'd be awesome. No, but what I'm saying is 
these guys, yes, they probably made themselves money, but have they, did any of these guys make a difference in the NFL? Like off the field, I can tell you right now that Henry Ruggs did not. Um, I will also tell you, but okay, here's the thing. Unless you're a big well, Dre Archer guy. I don't know. I, I'm a big Javelin, whatever his name was. <laughs> um, but like, that, that, I, don't, I don't even know how to argue this because it's not, that's not the point of running, like it's not the point of running the 40. It's the whole point of the combine is to increase your like standing with the draft and like where you are currently versus where you're going to be drafted. I don't understand. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. What I'm saying is none of these guys, they probably enhanced their own personal profile and got drafted higher, but did they yeah. actually make a difference when they were drafted for a team? Well, I mean, either way, teams are going to fall for it every time. But the worst well, I'm saying, ever, it's, it's a hot take. Worst, I mean, it might be a hot take, but I don't think that the, the so. 40 yard dash really proves anything except that you're fast. I mean, okay. I don't know how to have this argument with you. This is, it's like, it's first off, it's like hands down the most exciting part of the combine. Um, besides maybe the bench press, uh, the, the worst one, the example you should have brought up was Darius Hayward Bay, who was a receiver from Maryland. And this Bay is the Bay. most, most Raiders thing ever. He, he ran a four, three flat, I believe. And I think the Raiders drafted like half these guys. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. He ran a four, three flat and he jumped up into like, like his hands, this is not, I'm not making this up. His hands were rate, rated an F. <laughs> Which is an important trait to have when you're a receiver. Almost arguably the most important part. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, so he, they got they get rated an F. And that's on a, like a, a, a scholastic grading scale here, guys, like an academic grading scale, like A through F. Um, I don't know if it was an F plus. Either way, it was an F. And he ran a 4-3. And that was the dumbest pick in maybe NFL draft history, possibly. Possibly. But, I mean, it, you know, it's the, like, think about how many players have run the 40 and it has like increased their drafts. Like, you know, I don't know why you went to under 4-3. Like the best part of the 40 is the, the people that like run. I'm like, just saying think, the fastest guys, none of them have made a difference in the NFL. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. Let's just move on. Um, so... Combine notes, uh, and, and I guess like from the SEC standpoint here, um, I'm so thrown off that you even made this argument. It's so stupid. I will tell you, I think I, I said think this it's before. a great argument. It's, I mean, I guess, but it's like, that's not the point of the combine. Well, let's talk about this for a second. Have you ever taken the Wonderlick? No, I should. Me and Connor took it one time. How'd it go for you? I got a 47. All right, well, let's backtrack. What is, what is considered a good score on the Wonderlick? It's out of 50. Oh, so anything you? you're over like, like, a, you're like a like a center. Like don't, a don't, se don't centers usually grade out the best because they're like they have to read the People defense. Harvard usually do, I think. Yeah, probably. maybe centers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there was like I think it was somebody from Florida State got a four one time. Sick, which is not great. And I will say that his 40 time was. Um, Probably less important than that Wonderlick score. No, we had, we had to take the Wonderlick at Houston's when I first applied. What? Yeah, I don't mean it's because it's like an aptitude test, and the whole the whole point of it is like you shouldn't be able to answer all fifty questions. It's like problem solving. I was like, but I'd already taken it. Like this is like twenty ten, so we took it again twenty eighteen. Yeah, and I got a forty seven. <laughs> I'm not going to take it ever again. That's like my Deion Sanders moment. Yeah, We're you done. go out. You go out on that one. Yeah. 
Um, well, I don't think the TV portion of the combine starts till later in the week, but the com- the actual Thursday. combine starts March first, which is tomorrow, Tuesday. So can't believe we're already in March, but that no, means right. we are that much closer to spring ball, spring practice, which means we'll be as soon as spring um, games are over, you're gonna get a whole new transfer portal season. Bunch right. of guys entering the portal. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Um, so. before we get to that though, there's still stuff to talk about in the combine. Uh, so the SEC again leads the way with the most, um, players invited. It was 82 total. I didn't even look and see how many were from the other conferences, but 82 I saw total. The AC, I saw the ACC at 34, which is good compared to the SEC. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, let's see if we can bring it up real quick. 82 of the 324 total players, just off the top of my head here, 82 divided, that's 25% of the overall players, a little bit over 25%. Like 25.8%. Look at you. You're good at the math. Uh, it's a wonderlick. You're a wonderlick guy. Yeah, big wonderlick guy. Um, just like I, I, somebody said I was like the Greg McElroy of podcasts, and it really, really upset me. So, why's that? I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. What did they mean by that, though? I think he got a 48. Oh, okay. So it was purely wonderlick related. Yes, it's absolutely wonderlick related. Now, I will say right now that I, I was a better athlete than Greg McElroy in my prime. I flat out. What about I 40? I, was a, I ran a 6.6960. So that's like the equivalent of. A, nice. I also ran in soccer cleats instead of baseball shoes or baseball cleats, which is not illegal, but it's not legal. Nobody noticed. Um, none of that matters. What is it? This is the numbers. That? This is the numbers. 82. SEC yeah. athletes. The next closest is the Big Ten with 54. Um, I did notice wow. that a, a uh, one of our affiliates here, Saturday Tradition, commented SEC and the Big Ten and the kids. What I what what I would disagree with there is that they're nearly 30 players behind the SEC, so I wouldn't really include them in the. Uh, I, they'd probably be more with the kids than than the adults. I'm not. I think our new social media guy is awesome <laughs> and I love him to death. He's doing a great job. That's all I'm going to say. I like, I mean, I will say uh, there, there are some, like most of the designs have been like just repurposed. Is that, is that the way to say it from ones I've made in the past, yeah. um, which I thought was funny, but um, no, he's doing a great job. So I'm not, I'm not going to argue that at all. He's doing a good job. Yeah. Well, I mean, you sure. Um, hold on. Go through all of them real quick from the Power Five. All right. So you've got the SEC at 82, the Big Ten with 54, and then in consecutive order, Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, 36, 35, 34. Okay. So actually pretty close too. Um, So what stands out most to me, Georgia has 14 fucking invites. I don't know if you watched last season. They had a pretty good team. They did. And, and there's, I think it's going to be real exciting to see where some of these kids go. Like, I remember like last year, you talk about, I mean, it was the year before. Um, who, was, who was the linebacker? It might have been Errol Thompson. I can't remember if it was him or not. It was a Mississippi State linebacker. He had a fantastic combine, bumped his way up to like the second round. Um, obviously, there are some things that like people overvalue uh, in the combine that probably don't matter as much. Um, I will say that the fact that Georgia has 14 and you talk about guys like Quay Walker. Um, hold on, I'm just going to go through it real quick. Like a guy like James Cook, he's a projected like fourth or fifth rounder right now, I think, which is insane to me. 
I, I, that is ridiculous. Um, Nicobe Dean doesn't really need to do, do anything to like bolster his stock. Uh, I don't think Darian Kendrick does either. Pickens is divided, which is crazy. Um, Pickens, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens to him because outside of that injury, I mean, he's one of the better athletes out there at receiver, but he just has yeah. very little production when it comes to like being a top pick. That's true. I think that um, he would have been a bona fide, like sure, surefire first rounder if he had a full season. Like, yeah, at least second um, rounder. Yeah. But guys, I mean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, and, and Travon Walker, they're all like obviously in order right here from just listed alphabetically. Those are guys that like they've rotated so many people, right? And, and they didn't get near like the, the pub that Nicobe Dean did at linebacker. And, you know, obviously a guy like Jordan Davis did on the defense as well. But those are guys that like aren't household names, but could easily be first off, like eight, 10 year career guys in the NFL or like day one starters and, and, you know, slide their way up into like the top one or two rounds. Those are fantastic athletes. Also, somebody said on Twitter the other day, it might've been the best linebacking gore in the history of college football. And I wanted to argue it, but I don't know if I can. So um, other, other things that stand out, uh, Evan Neal is not going to participate, which is, I don't think he needs to, he's going to be a top three pick. Um, Derek Stingley. And I like, people are going to disagree with this, but Derek Stingley, I don't know if there is, besides like me with my weight, I don't know if there's anyone that has held on to what they did their freshman year of college more than Derek Stingley. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's the George Pickens argument, but the fact that he's still getting basically considered to be the number one corner on the board. I'm like, where is his right. production? He's, he's barely played. Well, he had a fantastic season in his freshman year, right? Um, And and no one's arguing that. No one's arguing that. But I'll say that the fact that he has somehow built like this entire, like, I don't say career, but like, I think that's a guy that probably needs to participate in the combine. I mean, if he's a top 10 pick and it, like in most projections, he is, and I would love for the Falcons to get him flat out. If he is a, if he's a top 10 pick, then don't do it. But I don't see like like it's a guy that has been out of like the league or not out of the league, but hasn't played the entire season and then left the team and was like started his training early. At, at one I mean, point, like there's at one point he was not even like with the, when I was there for the the LSU Auburn game, he was not on the sidelines. I just I, I I don't get it. You can't rule out the freshman year production, and you can't obviously he's got great size. I think he's six one one ninety. But so am I on dating apps. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. Like to me, I got to see more. Like it seems like, didn't he, did he opt out in 2020? Um, no, he played in 2020, but he got like, so he, there's my point. Exactly. It's, like, it's like, I didn't even know if he opted out. Like I didn't hear much about right. him. And then this year, was he injured? And like, I don't know the story. I'm not, I'm not trying to angle, insinuate anything, but right. like, how hard did he try to come back? Like, these are things I just don't know. And, and uh, there's no reason for him to come back because he was definitely going to be a first rounder either way. I just, it's, it just yeah. surprises me that like the whole, it's not, it's not even Derek Singley that, that is like the culprit of it that surprises me the most. It's like all, all of like people that know a lot more about football than me, but like, 
like I just, I don't know. It's, it seems like everyone has just kind of been like, yeah, you know what? We saw in 2019 how good he could be. And he was also, that's a team that was loaded. That's what I, that's what I don't understand the most is like, that's a team with the most draft picks ever in, in NFL draft history. They had 14 players drafted. They had a fantastic secondary and like statistically not a great defense, but a lot of good players on that defense. And just kind of confused me. Who, who do you think, and I'm saying this from the SEC standpoint, you can, you know, talk about like maybe bigger picture stuff if you want, but who are you most excited or who do you think has like the best chance to make themselves some money this week? Um, you know, I, what's interesting, I think Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi mm-hmm. State, like, I mean, he was a five-star, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he got a lot of publicity playing for Mississippi State. I think he's got a chance to surpass Neil as the number one tackle taken. I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. Um, I think if you're guy for sure. Yeah, I, I think if you're talking, I my my biggest thing that I'm interested to watch is not only the first quarterback taken, but like how many quarterbacks go in the first round? Because typically you're looking at, you know, four, five guys in the first round. This year's crop, man, like. I guess Kenny Pickett might be the best guy. Like there maybe Corral. A while ago, that said there's not a single future starter in in this class. Like the best one is probably Pickett, and you like the thing. The thing. If I you're a say, bad team, it's like look at next year's crop. You got Bryce. You got C.J. Stroud. Just yeah. just off the top, you got two that are much better than any of the guys in this draft. Um, That's fair. So I just that'll be interesting well, because there's not there's barely any drafts where you see no quarterbacks taken in the first round or or one there, or two. There will be at least four taken, I guarantee you. You think? I mean, because it always is. There always is. Well, I mean, maybe not. Like, like, hold on. Let's just Sam Howell. You taking Sam Howell? I mean, I'm, no, I'm not. It, but here's the thing, though. I, I was listening to say I'm six eight a fan. Anybody that lives in Atlanta, um, it's actually pretty fun because I haven't listened to like the afternoon show in forever because I'm work from home. Um, but Lois Medina, friend of the pod, uh, he was talking about like what the Falcons should do at the quarterback spot, right? And he was going through all the teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback, whether this year or like their quarterback is at the end of their, what do you call it? Uh, their contract. They got one year left. There's arguably 16 total of the 32 teams. Half of them like are in the market for a quarterback. Hmm. So that's why I think there's probably going to be a decent amount. Um, but like Malik same, Willis, let's take Malik Willis for example. He's, like he'll be a first rounder, right? And like if you're the oh, I guess at eight. I mean, I would never take Malik Willis at eight. But like, okay, let's say you're. Let me look down the draft here. Let's say you're the Saints and you don't really have a Q, QB of the future. I mean, would you take Malik Willis in the first round and feel really good about that? Um, where are they at in the draft? Eighteen. I I probably would. Again, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> like I, I've made. I mean, he's got a big arm. Work. He's a mobile QB, but I mean, it's not there like he lit up the world at Liberty. Like he was good last year. I think he took. It felt like he took a step back this year. And I mean, I just. I, see that. I don't know. I, Hold on. Let's look at this real quick. We're we're talking about. This is from PFF, and there's not a more trusted source in in football than PFF. It says right here that. Malik Willis had 97.8 as his grade for throws outside the tackle. I'm making this up. It's just like they do. <laughs> I was about to say, Dan, that's a pretty good grade. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so one through what? They got Charles Cross here at six. Um, Evan Neal at three. Uh, I think a guy that can make himself a lot of money is George Pickens, though. Like if he comes out and and puts up ridiculous numbers, which I think he's very capable of doing. I mean, you can't you can't teach his size and speed combo. He's got to be healthy, but. You know, he just hasn't guy, shown though. it on the on the on the field. And I get it, you know, like we I just sat here and bashed Stingley for like potentially not really trying that hard to be on the field, but and I think people quickly forget that picking I was not saying that, to be clear. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, and I was insinuating. Yeah. Um Pickens, I think people forget, had like a terrible attitude two years ago before, you know, like well, before okay. the injury and all that. Like wasn't that the rumor? Matured. Yeah, well, and yeah, he sprayed water on some kid's face, <laughs> something like that. We don't know But I think also he was a freshman and he's grown a lot. Like, there's, sure. I'm not holding anything against these kids from like, like, if somebody, they're under such a microscope, right? Um, that like, I can't imagine the dumb shit that would have like surfaced. Like, like from our team in college, these are my best friends. I, like, we, we were terrible. I, now I wasn't, I was a great kid. I just want to throw that out there, but we had some terrible people on the team. And like, I just can't imagine living under a microscope for that long. And this is a kid that's had to do it since high school. Um, So Pickens, yeah, possibly. I I think he's like, it's not, he's less than a year removed from his torn ACL. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where Jameson Williams goes um, Yeah, because of that. But okay. I'm looking at this again. Uh, Malik Willis, 12 to the Vikings. Hmm. Um, okay. All right. I mean, okay. I just, I'm, to me, I'm just not like, if I'm a Vikings fan, like I'm not excited about that pick. Like, I guess there's well, upside yeah. for sure, but like, damn, that's, that's high. I like, I'd feel much better if I was at 12 in the second round and I got Willis, but I don't know. And how is the other, only other one? So you are right to an extent where you talk about having only like one or two guys taken. I still say there's going to be three. I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't imagine in NFL draft, where the, the quarterback position is not like prioritized or overblown and you, you always see it. Um, now, real quick, I will say this. It, the fact that the Falcons had the number eight pick, and this is what the whole thing was. They're going to take, they're going to take George Karloftis out of Purdue and just piss me off. So, so <laughs> I would love Stingley to drop to them. Um, and there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about how they could make some trades for someone that does want to get a quarterback. I don't know. I don't think you're drafting a quarterback though at eight at all. No, 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 no. No one is. I'd be, I'd be pissed um, if they did. So they're talking about, they're going to go, uh, like the defensive route and they're going to take a cornerback. So I've seen a lot of projections. Like I said, with God, they, they had the number two rated corner last year in AJ Terrell. So yeah, get another person like locked down the other side. I don't know. I'd, so yeah, this yeah, is but, what it says. It says there's going to be three cornerbacks taken in the top 10. You tell me which one of the Falcons we are going to take just, just based off of, based off of <laughs> probably saying we've ever learned from them. <laughs> right. Number seven, Derek Singley. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say it. Derek Singley, Sauce Gardner from Cincy and Trent McDuffie from Washington. Oh, corners. I think you said quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. What do they have projected, or who do I think they would take? Who do you think they would take out of those three? 
Definitely McDuffie. No yeah, doubt about it. A thousand percent. That's where that's who they have projected. Pac twelve. I mean, just some <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised it's not someone from the Mountain West. Yeah. They just and we don't need to talk about the Falcons, but they just refuse yeah. to ever do things that are that we like. Um okay. I'll say this too, real quick, just going through some of these names that I, I think have a really good chance of uh what do you call it? Where's the damn thing go? Um a really good chance of of being able to improve their draft stock. Where'd it go? Hold on. Jalen Weidermeyer, for one, because I think he kind of fell off a lot of people's uh, radar for no reason. Sam Williams, guy from Ole Miss, who, like, he had a tremendous season, but it was overshadowed so much by Will Anderson and probably Georgia's defense as well. Traylon um, Burks could have a – he could be the first receiver taken. He probably should be, too. Uh, okay, so another guy. What's his name? Where'd it go? Hold on. Cade Mace is gone? Uh, LeBron Ray from Alabama. So a former fringe four and five star. Um, always had huge expectations. Either was like banged up or just not good enough, I guess, to, to start in like any of his four or five years he's been there. Um, but still like every single year, like a very like high ceiling projected guy. Now, maybe that's overblown because he was a five star um, coming out of high school or a high four star. But that's a guy that could improve his stock a whole bunch. Uh, Kair Elam, that's now. If I'm him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even participate. I would sit that one out. Um, Dontario Drummond, yeah. Why? Because I don't like. I don't think he's not a first rounder, is he? He's projected thirty. I don't mean I don't know. Um, My hope is that if, if if I'm speaking as a Falcons fan, that either like if Howell, Corral, or like probably those two drop to the second round, mm-hmm. I'm trading up to get one of those guys because I think that's a, a fine second round pick. Yeah, the fact that Corral like fell off the map so much is kind of crazy to me. Um, God, Georgia just is everywhere with this. I already mentioned those, uh, the players from there. Chris Allen, he was the, he was a five-star. American Idol. Oh. Yeah, live like you were dying. Yeah. Um, no, Chris Allen, I'm pretty sure they spelled his name wrong. He he was the kid number four that tore his ACL in like the very first game. I think he had two sacks against Miami. I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. The fact that Chris Allen won American Idol over Adam Lambert, one oh of the biggest God, Travis American travesties of all time. I you know, we're not gonna get into politics, but I'll tell you the day I lost faith in in like the in America system in general is when Philip Phillips won American Idol. That kid had he had one pitch. He had he he had a And it was just being Dave Matthews. It was just being Dave Matthews. It was like he had one he had one pitch, it was a fastball, and it was fucking 88 miles an hour. And they were like, he he crushed it though. He's so adorable. I mean, he took that pitch out of the park every single time it was delivered, though. I'll be honest. Um yeah, if you love this gravelly gravelly, we're gonna get Phil Phillips on the pod. We could probably do that. He's a, he's probably not doing much. He's probably a Georgia fan, right? He's from Georgia. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Anyway, that's we've definitely lost track of what we were talking about. <laughs> Vilas Jones, another guy, Josh Joe from Bam. I think is, uh, I've, I've mentioned way too many Bam ones. I'm interested to see what Jamari Sawyer would do because I think he was very underrated and like I think he could be very. How about good Devontae Wyatt? Yes, absolutely. Isaiah Spiller's another one, and I might just be overvaluing SEC players if we're being honest. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot there. Uh, I, I think it'd be. 
pretty interesting. So one thing I will say is if you are a newer listener to the pod, um, you don't want to miss our draft props pod because we absolutely kill that. We Remember, did do well with that, yeah. Who was the guy with the cats? Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs. He ended up being one of the guy. best tackles in the league. And yeah. we went over two and a half cats. And he had it was three. one and a half. And it oh, was one and a half. And he had two. Yeah. Um, go, baby. It might have and we said it before. We said it before. We were, we were judging players solely on their names. Who would be a cat guy? And yeah. we said Tristan Wirfs. And he was the guy that had, he had right. two. Unreal. The guy that can jump literally out of a swimming pool, like the three foot deep swimming pool and somehow onto like the side of a, it's ridiculous. But yeah, also a big cat guy. Um, listen, there's probably a bunch of other ones that we have probably overlooked and th- there's just a lot of good SEC talent. I'm excited to watch um, coming up with the combine. So that's pretty much it for that. Just from a football standpoint, it, I think the only news um, that I really saw this week is our favorite D coordinator, former D coordinator. Oh yeah. Georgia fans I mean, this, just keep winning, man. This, this was, they were very excited about this. <laughs> just like uh, Bobo's back at Georgia and ready to take over as an offensive analyst. Todd Grantham back in the SEC. This time he brings the talents to Tuscaloosa. He, God, Jesus. <laughs> Todd Grantham is you going know, to be. You know that the first Busted touchdown that Bama gives up next year. People shouldn't have hired Grantham. I told y'all. I told okay, y'all. So here's the thing. He's an analyst. And and I was <laughs> trying to I don't ex- care what he is. Okay. I was trying to explain this on Twitter. I was like, because Georgia fans were having a field day with this, right? And it, hiring Todd Grantham to be your defensive coordinator right now, not a great, not a great move. Hiring Todd Grantham to be an analyst at like a discount and and for like 30. I don't know what, 30 grand tops? Like, because he's still getting paid from, from Florida? That's, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. As long as he's not heavily influenced into the decision-making, I'm fine with that. God, please. I really hope he's not, though. Tell yourself whatever you want, buddy. Like, can you imagine, like, most of those analysts, I would assume, and that, I know there's, like, the whole coaching rehab thing at Bama, but, like, most of those analysts are pretty young, I would assume, right? If people are going to be interacting with most are pretty young. Can you imagine a, a less likable person to have to work like a Saturday with than Todd Grantham? I was going to say that like Pete Golding's probably pissed, but he actually is probably happy because now people, instead of blaming everything on him, when things go like slightly awry, mm-hmm. people will just blame it on Todd Grantham, even though he's... That's probably true, actually. Not yeah. even on the sideline. My favorite part of this whole thing is the fact that it shouldn't be news, but it's the offseason, and it's Todd Grantham, and he had a horrible 2020, um, which is saying a lot. Like, he, he might have had the worst 2020 out of – And there was a lot of, a lot of bad 2020s out there. Yeah. So, like, the fact that this got brought up – my favorite part was when Georgia fans, like, I made, I made the joke about, like, if, if they hired him to be, like, an actual DC, like, D coordinator, that would be, hor- like, a horrible hire. Yeah. But as an analyst, like, you know, at a discount, I don't think it is. Watching them then double down on the whole take and and talk about how when he was at Georgia, like, well, if he was, you know, 2012, 2013, he was considered one of the brightest minds in the country. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. The the one that actually does bum me out and I think is the 
it's overlooked, but it should be the, the, the biggest story here is that they lost, uh, Bama lost director of sports science, Matt Ray, um, to the saints. And that guy is the one who came in basically and, and replaced, uh, coach. What's his name? Cochran. One, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot less injuries. Like for instance, we didn't have an entire group of linebackers tear an ACL, which is a real you, thing that happened in 2017. But you did have an entire group of receivers that did though. Okay. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> like non-contact. Yeah. No, but he's, he's like, he, he had a very different, um, like, I guess system and style. And it was, it was, all, it was honestly really cool. He was the one that was behind that, that video of, of uh, what's Evan Neal doing like the split squat jump at like, Oh yeah. 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 Anyway. So that one's, that should be the only news there. Um, anything else that we're missing here? No, I think we're going to be getting a lot more steady information starting next week with all these spring practices kicking off. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll maybe get some insight. Although, you know, a lot of these coaches they don't like to reveal much during the spring. Um, but yeah, man, exciting football starting to kick back up, which is good. Yeah, especially if we don't have baseball. Um, Got to give a shout out. So I'm drinking some bourbon while we record. Got to sh- give a shout out to a guy in my fantasy baseball league, Dan. Look, this guy lives up in uh, Mike. New Jersey. He just sent me random bottles with numbers on them. He's a big don't bourbon drink guy. That. Don't and he drink was like, that at all. I think it's a cyanide on it. What it's I think how, it's a sick new die. bourbon. Uh, he sent me bottles with numbers on them. And he's like, you try to guess what they are, because uh, he's a big bourbon guy, and I'm getting the bourbon. So shout out Dan, I'm drinking the, the bourbon, bourbon here, getting in, more into it. It's a great time to get into it when it's like so super expensive and hard to find. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just like everything. Just like everything, man. Don't even get me started on gas. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Um, yeah, I'm kidding. So, like, what was I going to say? Oh, I also want to give a shout out to um, one of our listeners. We went to uh, actually a couple people. So, me, producer Dan, which is definitely his name. Um, What's up, producer Dan? Our guy. And producer Dan, and what was the, in Candler. I don't know how I'm drawing a blank here. Um, Candler, like our, our Georgia buddy, the one that's like, just without fail, just the nicest dude ever, just the nicest dude ever. Um, and he's like, every time like we're at like a game, he goes, do you want to come down to the suite? And I'm like, I can't say no, but I feel, yes. You don't want, do you want to bring this riffraff in there? Anyway, we all went to Clay Walker, uh, early nineties country is my shit. And it was a fantastic concert. A lot of Georgia fans, a lot of, how about them dogs during the concert? Um, sure which actually good. I started doing as well, just because there was a hot girl in front of me that it was a Georgia fan. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Afterwards, we went to this bar that was like right next to it and we're just hanging out talking. And this guy is like looking at me and I could tell he, he has recognized me, which is in my opinion, I'm not saying it's funny. Right? It's very flattering. It's one of my favorite things. It's I've never got that up. when I'm out. Yeah, I mean, you have a very forgettable face and That's true. personality and, and they, just like, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I know. So, well, yeah, you don't really do that much. Um, That's true. So, <laughs> the guy's like looking at me and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This guy, is he going to like, is he going to like hit me? Because whenever somebody says they recognize me, I just assume like they, they come out and they say, like, are you Chris Marler? I'm like, am I, am I about to get punched because of my past? 
And no, I did not get punched. He was a listener. Great dude. Um, had a blast with him. Uh, had, had a couple of drinks and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So shout out to Jeff Williams. It was nice to meet you. And then you peed um, your pants. No, let's get into that though. This is the uncensored <laughs> well, moment of the week. Yeah, uncensored moment of the week. Let's do this. Listen, and I, if anyone has a story about this, please send it to us. I swear to God, it'll be anonymous. We will not say a word about it. But one of the most ridiculous conversations I've ever had this weekend, I'm hanging out with a buddy, good buddy of mine. And he just very casually and nonchalantly, like we've been hanging out for hours. He goes, oh yeah, I told you that. I, I told you I pissed my pants on the way home the last time we hung out. And I was like, you absolutely did not. You did not tell me that at all. Cause I would remember that because we're adults. And so he starts talking the story. He goes, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think this happens like more often than you think. And I was like, with pregnant women, absolutely. It has, yeah. and children um, and people with, I don't know, over 90, they can't control it. And I was like, where, where were you? It like, how depends. There it is. That's our sponsor of the week. Shout out to Depends. Oh, you, that's a throwback. I guess we can't do it on the, this big of a platform. Remember on our old podcast when we said have fake sponsors? Yeah, we could do that for sure. <laughs> we, I want to do that every time. Um, anyway, so he's telling me the story. I'm like, he's like, well, I took the GPS to go home. And it was like, they, it took me the wrong way. And so I was like 40 minutes extra in the car or like 20 minutes extra in the car. And I was like, well, how far are you from home? Like, did you almost make it? And you were like running in? And he was like, no, like 20 minutes. And I'm trying to do the math. I'm like, you live in a very developed area in Atlanta, like up 75, not that far from where the Brave Stadium is. Um, there are multiple places you could have stopped. Also, we're men, so you can just pull over on the side of the highway. And it wasn't rush hour traffic. Yeah. Um, I love peeing outside. I don't care how that sounds. Uh, there are, there's like, it wasn't rush hour traffic. There, there was no excuse for this. So I decided to like throw out a Twitter poll and Instagram poll of asking people if they've ever peed their pants on a road trip just because of like, they, they couldn't hold it anymore. It, it was like 90, 10, like 90, no. But some of the stories people volunteered to tell us were fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, so first off, if this friend of yours is a listener to the pod, he's probably this whole time thinking, oh God, please, please, please do not say my name. I'm not going to. I'm, don't start. I'm not going to. Um, it was Todd Grantham. So, um, I, I, you know, what I should just do is just like, just throw out like a Georgia, like a Georgia fan on Twitter that I can't stand. It was Pat. It was Pat B, whatever. Um, anyway, so he's, he's telling me the story and I'm like, I'm like, well, hold on. Like, did you pull over? Like, what, like, what did you, cause you're just sitting in your pee pants for 20 more minutes. And I was like, what did you do when you got back to the apartment? Because you had to like go up the stairs. And there's probably people around. He's like, I tied a sweater around my waist, like, you know, Eddie Vedder in the 90s, like Pearl Jam. I was like, okay, solid move there. Um, like, I, I've definitely. But then you got to explain, like. I don't think he was going to talk to anybody or stop. <laughs> I'm sure he's also pretending to be on the phone. There's no way those two did not go hand in hand. Um, I've definitely peed into like a bottle or a cup on a road trip. Yeah, for sure. Right. I've never peed my pants um, since I was maybe four. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so this scene. led to a lot of people <laughs> telling us stories. And also, I just, 
I don't want to deter anyone from, from sharing their story, but if you voted on Instagram, it does say, just show you who voted. <laughs> so to the 12 people that said yes on Instagram, I have the upper hand in our friendship forever. <laughs> but I want to share with you the funniest story that I've, that I heard. Okay. And also to be clear about this, if you share the story and it's funny, like we will definitely put it on the pod in no way. Do I want to hear poop stories ever, 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 mm-hmm. ever. So this is, this is the, uh, this is the, the, the text I got from somebody. They said, dude, this is right after I posted it. I was like, yes, sir. He said, I worked all night on an AT&T commercial up near the mall of Georgia. It was 7 a.m. when I got in my car when I was headed home. It took me two and a half hours um, because of rush hour traffic. I was sleepy as fuck and stopped at a QT to get a 64 ounce Coke. Now, listen, oh. if you're at the QT, go ahead and pee for one. Yeah. And I just wrote, oh God, because I knew where this is going. I just, I, I absolutely knew where this is going. He said, it was about 30 minutes from home and just wanted to get to bed. And we were hosting a Christmas party to, for friends that night, just a random tidbit. I said, no, 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 please tell me this didn't happen. He said, I pissed in a cup, went to throw it out the window. Oh no. Okay. So when you do, like, was he traveling know, at a fast speed? He didn't tell me um, what the speed was. Cause that would be a fun SAT question. Like if so-and-so is traveling this way um, and so-and-so is about to piss their pants at 76 miles an hour. But like, have you ever done this thing? This is embarrassing, but like, like the fat kid thing where you pull up to a, a, like a fast food restaurant and you, before they give you your food and drink, you're pouring out what's left of a different fast food drink from before. I don't think I've been in that situation. I did that twice last week alone. Um, anyway, so if, you, if you're pouring it out, the natural motion here is just with your left hand yeah. and, you know, thumb goes completely, goes down and you just pour it out forward. He said, I've never done this before. <laughs> this is his first time. I turned the cup towards the front of the car. Pee went everywhere. Which at that point I knew, I knew what the story was going to be. He said, pee went everywhere. And then he said the same text again in all caps, everywhere. <laughs> he said, dashboard, period. Window, period. Passenger seat, period. Oh. My eyes. Oh. <laughs> and I just lost it. It's like, I don't blame him for, for the mistake because it's like, you know, that is the natural motion. But when he said my eyes, it was just like, I just got this vision of like, my eyes, my eyes. Yeah, he was um, traveling at a fast speed for sure. Without a doubt. I had to clean up with armor roll wipes. I had to because I was too embarrassed to walk into another gas station smelling like urine at 8.15 on a Friday morning. Um, and I called him immediately. And he said, sorry, in bed watching TV with the wife. And I just, man, man. Um, I said, listen, uh, I've been kind of down today. I had not the greatest night. This was incredible. And I really appreciate that. So shout out to that listener. If you have any more uh, hilarious pee pants stories, let us know. Yeah. And if you um, want to get some more visuals, go to the YouTube uh, Saturday yeah. Down South. Please uh, we're, go trying, there. we're trying to build our followers there. So go check us out. We do all of our podcasts on video. Hold on. We're Plus, also trying to keep my job. More importantly, that's, that's my new role with the company. It would mean a lot if you guys went and subscribed. Like yes, absolutely. Thing. Yep. And um we got other a bunch of other video clips on there as well, not just our pod. So go check it out Saturday Down South on YouTube. Appreciate you listening. If yeah. hey, just a reminder, we haven't said it in a while, but 
Go give us a ranking on on uh, iTunes. Not a ranking, um, but a or yeah, like a rating. Yeah, five stars. Um, maybe a review. Um, I noticed that we are up again in Cambodia this week. So why are we? I think this is the guy I went to college we're, with. Yeah, we're trending in Cambodia like every once in a while. Oh, like Fanbodia, dude. Um, and real quick to like the OG listeners that have been here for a long time talking about the stuff that's on YouTube. We are trying to put out like new content and, and there's, so we're putting out at least one video a day. Um, and again, this is how I keep my job. So it would be great if you guys went and subscribed. Uh, and it's honestly, it's been a lot of fun for one, but if you are an OG listener and you guys, this is not anything rude to you, you know, I love you. And I'm very happy with us doing the podcast, but if you enjoy the, uh, if you enjoyed the, what do you call it? Um, reunion episodes. If you were someone that wants more of that, me and Connor do a, um, a episode every single week on Wednesdays called cast interference. That was my fun. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So you guys go check that out as well. And, um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. Go check out the YouTube and we will see you next week.